Well, God bless everybody this morning. Appreciate Pastor having me here. Uh, I think I was here three, four years ago. Last time that I was here, uh, I think I was here before the before that. When Pastor Hawk was here also, uh, it's been quite a while back. But uh, I am a U.S. missionary, and I do work among the major Christian cults in the U.S., mainly Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, and groups of that nature. And this church here has been supporting me since the very beginning. So we sure appreciate this church. This church has been instrumental to our support, also by certain projects that I've done in the past that, that has helped me tremendously. But what I do is that I travel throughout the U.S. and do seminars in local churches and I, I do debates in universities with Mormon apologists, Jehovah's Witness representatives, and I, I do Bible studies. I do about seven to ten Bible studies a week with Mormon families, Jehovah's Witness families. And during this COVID, we were doing a lot of FaceTime Bible studies. And here about a month and a half ago, we started doing them uh, physically at, at people's homes and stuff now. So we're basically doing 12 a week now. Uh, so we're just kind of trying to uh, so we're meeting new families and things like that that are Mormon and Jehovah Witnesses and trying to challenge them with the gospel and things like that. Uh, so that's kind of what we've been doing uh, here lately. Uh, you know, I, three years ago when I was here, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the church here, uh, I had done a CD, and I recorded a CD in a, a, a five-minute, actually six-minute CD uh, with a gospel message for Mormons in a way that a Mormon can understand. And uh, so I recorded them and uh, put the sticker on them and put my information on them, cell number and all that for more information. And this church helped me uh, purchase some of these CDs. I recorded 5,000 CDs. And I, I thought I was... Uh, I never done this before, so I thought, man, these would be sure to be enough, a lot of CDs, 5,000. And what I did, I took them to the general con council, to the uh, the Mormon general con council, and it's much like our general uh, council. They call it general council, I guess they call it. But it's in Salt Lake City. And that's where all the Mormons get together once, twice. They do it twice a year, April and October. And during that time, there's like millions of Mormons in that general area. So I took the five thousand CDs that that the church here helped me. Purchased so I could record and put the sticker on them and the printing and all that. Took them over there and I thought, man, 5,000 CDs, that's a lot of CDs. Well, I was there the first day, it's a week conference. I was there the first day and not and not even 2 o'clock yet and I ran out of CDs. Oh. You know, I just, they were just taking them, I just handing them out as they were going to their conference and stuff. And basically, I'm like, well, what do I do now? I got four more days and I ran out of CDs. Well, I thought, well, I'm just going to hang out and talk to Mormons and things like that. Well, the next day I kept getting phone calls on, uh, you know, people who had got a CD and heard it. And they would call me and say, hey, we heard the CD, we got a CD, we listened to it, and we got some questions. Are you still here in the conference? And I was like, yes, yes. And then, can we meet? So I basically met with 50 families uh, that, that week. Met with 50 different families who got a CD. And out of the 50 families, I stayed an additional two days. We had 12 families give their life to Christ oh, as a result of, the, of these CDs. So we, we have been doing that. Uh, we did that a year after that. But then the, then the COVID hit here recently, and we hadn't done it yet. But we plan to do it in April. But uh, the year after that, I did a little bit different because during the, the first time I did it, I didn't realize as I was handing the CDs, I had Mormon policemen who would come and, 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 and tell me to leave. Go to another place. You can't be here. And so I would have to be moving everywhere. Then they would come see me here so I would move somewhere else. But the last time I dressed like a Mormon missionary. You know, white shirt, tank tag, everything. And you know what? I never got bothered. It, it, there was like 80,000 of them dressed like me too. So so it, it, it just worked out a lot, a lot better. But... Uh, but the, the church here helped me uh, do that. You were a direct help for these 12 families that gave their life to Christ. And uh, six months later, I went back and we baptized these 12 families. And, and then when I, when I dressed like a missionary that other time, uh, these uh, 12 families were there with me handing out CDs. So 
so it, 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 it has gone. We, we had 27 families get saved the last time we were there. Oh, well, these families helped me. But uh, because of the COVID, we can't do that. Uh, uh, but in April, I will be going to Mexico, uh, to Monterey, Mexico. And then there's a big Mormon temple there. And they will be, uh, 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 it, it's, it's not a new construction, but they it's an old building, so they're going to renovate. So when they renovate, they give, after they renovate, they give two weeks of what they call open house. When other people can come in and go through the temple, just to see and things like that, an open house. After the two weeks, they, 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 they seal it, and then no one can go in except certain Mormons. But in, in those two weeks, we, we want to be there, handing out CDs in Spanish. Uh, I recorded the same message, but in Spanish. And they, so that's what we plan to do. This is the time where new Mormons, become, people become Mormon during these two weeks when Mormons bring families to try to come and try to convert them. So this is a very important time. So these CDs, uh, basically the offering that I get today, I will hopefully be able to use it towards that. Hopefully it'll be enough where I can use it towards that. At that time when, when you guys told me I, the CDs were costing me about two and a half dollars a piece. Now I got it where I could make it for 67 cents a piece. So I, I can do a lot better now. Uh, a lot nicer, and they'll be Spanish. So yeah, that's that's what I plan to do with the offering that I get today. Is is, is hopefully be able to do that, and there'll be thousands of people there. So I'm hoping that I can take uh, quite a bit of CDs. So uh, if you'd like to help, let me know. That but this is what the offering. This is what I'll be using the offering for that. So uh, I sure like to just thank you guys for everything that you do for us. You guys support me every month. You're there. The support is there. And even the past, these projects that you have helped me. Uh, you know, I don't do a lot of these different projects. I mainly meet with families, Mormons, and many meet with Christians to equip them and to show them how to reach out to Mormons. But this is probably the more, more important thing is to bear these families, they'll be there, and I'll be there reaching out to them. And this will be a really important event. So pray for me to be, you know, in April. So this will give me time to be able to produce the CDs. And, and have them ready by then when, when we go to uh, to Mexico. Uh, you know, I've been, uh, as we, me and Pastor were talking about uh, today, uh, I thought, I've been thinking about what to speak on today, and I'm wondering, how many of you have been visited by a Mormon or a Jehovah Witness in the past? Most of you have. If you haven't, you will. You know, <laughs> this is what they do. You know, this is, what they, this is all they do. Uh, this is this is the way they get most of their converts is a one to one at the door. So I think that uh, uh, reaching out, you know, to these Jehovah Witnesses, to Mormons, I think is very important. You know, I, when I was a Jehovah Witness, I was Jehovah's for twelve years. I, I knocked on thousands of doors within the twelve years time, and very rarely did somebody try to challenge me yeah. with the gospel. It doesn't happen very often. It's usually the other way around. It's usually the Mormon, the Jehovah Witness, that is shining into Christian. So it's very important that we try to reach out with them because they they don't they don't hear the real gospel in their churches. They don't read the real gospel in their publications. It has to be like ourselves, myself, or yourself to open the door and share your faith with them. That's the only way that they will get saved. So this is. Um, you know, a great opportunity, like Pastor said, during this COVID, after this is over, there'll be guns blazing, going door to door. This is what they do. They're, uh, this is all they do. So they, they do that very well also. You know, we mentioned in Sunday school some of the statistics and things, uh, uh, how, how big they're growing. Even in this pandemic time, they, they don't have a drop rate. I mean, they, they just grow and grow. Uh, Mormons are the fastest growing church in the U.S. Jehovah Witnesses is the number third fastest growing church in the U.S. So I can imagine how big they're going. But uh, I thought about going to the Old Testament uh, for a message here. If you'd like to open your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. I thought this is a, uh, uh, being that this is Mission Sunday, I thought this would, would, uh, would be a great uh, scriptures to give for Mission Sunday. I'll start reading at verse 3 of 2 Kings chapter 7. 
Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. They said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us go over to the camp of the Arameans, and if they spare us, we will live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. They arose in twilight to go into the camp of the Arameans. When they came to the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans to hear a sound of chariots and a sound of horses, even the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites, the king of the Egyptians, to come upon us. Therefore they rose and, and, and fled in the twilight, then left their tents and horses and their donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. When these lepers came into the outskirts of the, of the camp, they entered one tent, they ate, they drank, they carried from their silver, gold, and clothing, they went and hit them. They entered and returned and entered another tent, and carried from there also and went there and hit them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. Today is the day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. You know, what an amazing passage of the Old Testament. Um, the thing that strikes me here, Israel was at war with the Syrians, with the Arameans. And this is, they were losing the war. There was famine. There was all kinds of chaos. It was a really bad thing. And these four lepers were outside of the gate. And they said, what are we doing here? If we sit here, we die. If we go into our, 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 our Israeli camp, there's famine there. There's no food there. We die also. Let us fall into the hands of our enemies. Maybe they spare us. And then you have this story of what happened. But the thing that, that uh, caught my attention is these four men that were outside the gate, they were lepers. They were full of leprosy. Josephus, the, the actual uh, Jewish historian, mentioned that these four lepers weren't just had a little leprosy. They were full of leprosy. They were probably at the last stages of death where they were really in bad situation. And, you know, leprosy is not a good thing to have, right? You know, it's not like a, like a cold or a flu that goes away. or It's even worse than COVID, right? I mean, this is, this is a really terrible thing to, to have leprosy. It was incurable by human means. It was incurable. It was uh, a disease that involved unspeakable wretchedness and shame. And you only look forward to a life of hopeless despair. It was a terrible thing to have leprosy in these biblical times. It was a constant increasing sore that that gradually spread from joint to joint and it just limb to limb and until the whole body became a putrefying mass of a living death. It was really a bad thing to, to have leprosy in, in medieval times. Oftentimes a priest a priest would do a burial service a funeral for a leper while he was still alive before he was cast out of the city. So it was it was a terrible thing to be a leper. In Old Testament times, they there was only two people recorded in, in the Bible, only two that had ever been cleansed by leprosy or, or healed. One of them was, was Miriam, who was Moses' sister. And the other one was Naaman, the great Syrian general, who the prophet told him, go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan. And the seventh time he came up of the water and he was cleansed of leprosy. Uh, only two people in the whole Old Testament time. In the New Testament, Jesus at one time cleansed ten lepers at one time. I mean, it showed his, his deity. It showed that he was God himself, that he cleansed ten lepers at one time. Amazing. You know, the Pharisees, uh, according to Josephus, the history uh, uh, Jewish historian, the Pharisees in Jesus' time, they would go and pray in the temple three times a day. Three times a day. And during their, in their prayer, uh, one of their prayers would go like this. They would say, God, I thank you that I was not born a Gentile. I thank you that I was not born a slave. 
And I thank you that I was not born a leper. They feared that. You know, and even in their prayer, I fear, I thank you that I was not born a Gentile. I thank you that I was not born a slave. And I thank you that I was not born a leper. You know, these lepers were, these four lepers were in a miserable situation. I mean, I don't know if it got any worse. They lived terrible lives. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 13, it tells us how they would treat somebody who had this disease, this leprosy. And Moses said this, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, must let his hair be unkept, must cover the lower part of his face, and he must cry out, Unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean, he must live alone, and he must live outside of the camp. Imagine that. Terrible, terrible thing to be a leper. You know, these lepers, they were despised by family. They were despised by friends, by the community, by the society, by their own countrymen. They were despised. They thought even by God himself. Because the actual word leprosy means the stroke of God. So they thought, man, there's no hope. You know, the leper was shut out, not only from the, from the society, but also from the sanctuary. So to the leper, that was really bad. They couldn't have their sins expiated by the priest once a year. They couldn't go through the Day of Atonement. They couldn't go through all these different things because they were shut out. They were outside of God's covenants. They were outside of those things. And, and apart from that, in this situation, they were in war with the Syrians. They were at war with the Arameans, and Israel was, he, they say, that it was the worst war Israel had ever fought. They were almost got exterminated, 100%. They had, the Syrians had taken the water supplies, poisoned the water, taken, there was no food, there was starving, there was women cannibalizing their own children. It was really a bad situation, uh, this, uh, this war. And then you have these lepers here saying, what do we do? Do we sit here? We're going to die. Do we go into the Syrians, the Arabians? Maybe they're sparrows, but maybe they kill us. And let's go and try it. So they went, and what happened before they got there? God got there before they did. And they made, God made the sound of chariots and horses, and a great army was against us, and they said, you know, the Israeli army hired the king of the Hittites, the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. And they, they left, left everything as, as, as they were. They just fled. When these lepers got there, they were pretty happy. They got there, they remember they were starving to death. And scripture says that they found food, they ate, they drank. They found gold, silver. And they went to another tent and found the same thing. Josephus said they went into the kingly tent. They went where all the gold was. They went where the best of garments were. Remember, they had to wear torn clothes. But yet, they were. They found the kingly robes. They found the great stuff. And they were satisfied. They went from torn clothing to the best of garments. You know, they also found treasure. And they didn't find just a few coins. You know, they found a great treasure. To the point where they started hiding, they were became selfish. They were hiding the treasure, and they went to another tent and got another gold and was hiding it. And they said, "Well, maybe we'll be back later to pick it up." So they they were hiding the treasure, it became a little greedy. But something happened when they were hiding the treasure. Some conviction came upon them, and they said. Verse 9, they said to one another, we're not doing right. Today is the day of good news and we're keeping silent. Yes. You know, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit came upon them and convicted them. You know, in, in spite of, you know, in spite of the tr cruel treatment that they had their whole life. In spite of their own countrymen staying away from them. In spite of their family, their friends, hating and despising them because they were lepers. In spite of all these things, they said, we're not doing right. 
Today is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. You know, make a long story short, these lepers, they went to, uh, to, the, to the Israeli camp. And they went to, to where the king was, to the Israeli king, and then said, they told him, look, we found gold, silver, food, water, everything. Yeah, we, we, we have all that. They, we found that. And the Israeli king didn't even believe them. They said, maybe these lepers, maybe the, the Arameans, the Syrians, maybe they, they hired them so they can come and so we can go and they'll, they'll ambush us. And some of the, the, kingly, the, the king's servants said, let us go. Let us go check it out. Make sure. They sent some spies down. They went and found out they were right. Make it all story short, the whole nation of Israel was saved because of these four leprous men. It wasn't a prophet that saved them. It wasn't a king that saved them. It was four men who were full of leprosy who said, we're not doing right. Today the day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. What a portrait of the gospel that is. That... Uh, you know, we have it, yet sometimes we keep silent. Hallelujah. Keep it to ourselves. Amen. You know, leprosy is a, is a type of sin in the Bible. You know, so leprosy, it, it, it's, it's on the skin. But leprosy is a, you know, it's, 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 it's a type of sin. You know, sin goes deeper than the skin. It, it, it goes in and destroys and and, you know, we too were spiritual lepers at one time. We too were without God in the world. We too, we were far away from God's covenants and His promises. We too were outside of His graces. And, you know, I, I like the Ephesians chapter 2, which is a great passage in the Scriptures. And it kind of ties everything together here. But here Paul himself said, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you were fought, when you followed the ways of this world. Like the rest, you were by nature the objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when you were dead in transgressions. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenships of Israel, and foreigners to his covenants and his promise, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, have been brought near to the blood of Christ. What an amazing passage. Amen. You who, who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You know, what an amazing passage this is. What an amazing God we have. Amen. That He came and was born in a manger for us. You know, you don't, you don't find human kings to do that. You don't find, never in our human history would you find that a human king took off his robe, took off his crown, stepped out of his throne and went to help a people somewhere. You don't find that in human kings. But you find this great king of scripture who did come off of his throne, took off his robe, his crown, and came and was born in a manger. Unknown for 30 years. Unknown. Working in Joseph's carpenter shop. And then dies for us. I mean, what an amazing God. We, we must have a God that loves us very well. Very much. That He died for us, came for us, withholds His hand, knowing full well what they're going to do to Him, and dies for us. You know, we too, haven't we been satisfied with God's provision? We too, like these lepers, have been satisfied by God's provision. We too, like these lepers, we have put on a new garment. Christ righteousness himself upon us. We too, like these lepers, have found a great treasure, a pearl at great price. Something that you cannot buy on your own. Something that has been purchased by his own blood. You know, we too, like these lepers, amazing that uh, these lepers said, we're not doing right. I mean, I'm, a, I'm amazed by that. How bad they were treated. But yet they said, we have good news and we cannot keep it to ourselves. Just like that leper that came to Jesus and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. 
And Jesus said, I'm willing, be thou clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. And Jesus said, don't say a word. Don't say anything. Go and show yourself to the priest and offer sacrifice of Moses for your cleansing. But what did he do instead? He couldn't contain it. He started telling everybody about Jesus, about what he, what he, had, what he had experienced. He said, don't go tell anyone. What did he do? Tell everybody. He tells us, you go and preach the gospel. You go. And what do we do? We're not doing right. Today is the day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. Would you stand with me for a moment? You know, when I was a Jehovah's Witness, uh, I was a Jehovah's Witness for 12 years. And the way I became a Jehovah's Witness was my mom, my mother, my father, they weren't Jehovah's Witness. Or, or any of my family members were Jehovah's Witness. But a couple of blocks away, there was a man who was a very nice man, very more, very nice man. He didn't have any kids. And he, would, he was a Jehovah's Witness. And he would go to houses, and and he came to ask my father, my father, and say, can, can can he come to my house? We do free Bible studies for kids, and that's how I became a Jehovah Witness. And he didn't have any kids, and at that time, I I grew as a Jehovah Witness, became a member, and and started uh, uh, became a very dedicated Jehovah Witness, and. Uh, then I started working with the overseer, who was kind of like the superintendent of, uh, he was in charge of 50 Jehovah's churches. Started working with him. Then I started working at, uh, at the World Headquarters in Brooklyn, New York. I became an editor of the Watchtower magazine and did that for eight years. I started working there. But during that time, uh, uh, this person who led, to, led me to the Jehovah's Witness, this, this man, uh, he didn't have any kids, but during that time, he all of a sudden, his wife could, had a baby. And uh, so she, it was a little girl, and uh, maybe three years, four years, she was four years old, uh, went by, and uh, uh, this man, his name was Val Valerian, he loved, loved the little girl. They tried to have kids for years and years, finally had a little girl, and so every time you would see Val at the store or something, she was with him, every time, you know, go to door, 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 witnessing, he was with it, she was with him. But one day, uh, he and his wife and the little girl, they were traveling together, and, uh, and they were struck by a tractor trailer. And they were all hurt, but the daughter was badly hurt. Her leg just came off of her body. And uh, they were life-fighting to the hospital, and they told Val, the doctor said, she needs a blood transfusion. She lost too much blood. Well, I don't know if you know this, but the Jehovah's Witness have a, a strong position. This is one of the stronger positions. You cannot give or receive a blood transfusion. If you do, you will be excommunicated never to come back to the church. Well, Valerian was a very dedicated Jehovah's Witness. And one of my friends who was there said that he was pacing back and forth like a crazy man on the hallway. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Well, he denied her blood transfusion. She died an hour later. But thinking back, you know, what a, what a dedicated man he was. What a committed to his gospel he had. A commitment. He thought he was doing right. He thought that he was doing a service to God. You know, he was very dedicated. And I remember I went to visit him. Like three months later, I got home from Brooklyn, and I went to, first thing I did, I went to go visit him. And uh, when I got there, the, the Jehovah's Witness Disciplinary Committee was there. He, when I knew him, he weighed about 200 pounds. He was like 6'2". When I saw him, he weighed 76 pounds. Oh. He was depressed. He wouldn't eat. He was, he was just depressed because of his daughter. This disciplinary committee told him, we're going to excommunicate you either way. Because you are depressed, no Jehovah Witness should be depressed. You know, but what the, you know, I, I think about his commitment. You know, you know, he, he let his daughter die for a false faith, for a different Jesus, a different gospel. But he was committed to it 100. 
I think about myself. We have the true gospel. We have the true Jesus. We have the Spirit of God in power in our lives. We have someone who came from heaven to die for us and bought us. You know, we have the true gospel, yet are we as committed as he was for a lie? You know, I think, I think like these four lepers, when they said, we're not doing right. Today, the day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. I am glad that it was not a prophet that saved the entire nation of Israel. I am glad that it wasn't a king. Because then people say, well, you have to be a prophet. A prophet. No, it was four men at the point of death who gave their lives, who said, we're not doing right. Today, the day of good news, we're keeping it to ourselves. You know, these four lepers, they probably look pretty ugly. You know, because it attacks the skin, it attacks your your, your your hands, your feet. They wouldn't even wear shoes or sandals because they were so bad, their feet. It was just a, it was just a, but yet the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim the gospel, or give good news. You know, the, the these, I know one thing, if God could use these four lepers, couldn't he use us? Amen. Couldn't he use myself? You know, this is these four lepers. Amazingly, said we're not doing. They were convicted. Something happened when they were burying the treasure. And they said, "Wait a minute, we're not doing right." I know there's people who are committed. I'm not saying that there's not, but I think we can do more. You know, I think we could tell you, Pastor Jason, you're committed. I don't think God's ever said, Jason, you're just too committed. You just did too much for me. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I can do more. When I was Joe, I was very committed. I should be more committed today. Because God saw me and gave himself for me. Would you just close your eyes here we are for a moment and think of, let's think about this for a moment. We're not doing right. Today is the day of good news, and we're keeping it to ourselves. I know there's people that we know. We probably know a lot of people who are not Christians, who need the gospel. I know a lot of Mormons, a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses. I have 12 Bible studies going on per week sometimes, and they're spiritual lepers. And I want to be able to give them the good news. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help us. Help us be able to share. Help us be able to tell. Help us be able to give the good news to those who do not have it. Help us stand firm for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us uncompromising speak and be able to have boldness be able to speak the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you died for us. Thank you that you shed your blood for us on the cross. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Yes. Amen. Amen. Church, I'd like to thank you for all your support for the projects that.